Welcome back to Double Feature, the IDS film podcast where the powers that be let us in a podcast booth to bring you hot takes and maybe some lukewarm ones too. I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. And on this week's episode, we're continuing last week's musical theme, but this week we're talking musicals. We're going to be discussing the best picture winning musical adaption, Chicago, and a personal favorite of mine, the French classic, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. I picked Chicago because I am a woman of the people. And I picked (laughs) Umbrellas because it is such a joy and I wish more people had seen it. Which one do you want to talk about first? Umbrellas. Okay. I just watched it for the first time today. It is, you know more about it. Yes. Jacques Demy. Jacques Demy, who is a French New Wave filmmaker famous for his very beautiful candy-colored musicals. And this is one of his two most iconic, the other being The Young Girls of Rochefort, which I haven't seen because I call myself a Jacques Demy stan, even though I've only seen one of his movies. Very on brand. But essentially, this movie follows the tragic love story of this couple who are split up when the man, I'm blanking on his name. Guy. 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 It's French. Who is, they say Guy in the film. Because that's his name. Because it's French. Um, has to go serve in the military. Oh, no. And I love this movie so much. I've seen it a couple times, and every time... I just get sucked right into this world. It's so beautiful. The art direction is amazing. The use of color is so vivid and pretty and rich. Um, It's a little bit difficult if you're not a fan of musicals where every line of dialogue is spoken because really this is like one long song. Yeah. But it slaps. Well, I liked the film, but... I'm going to be 100% honest in that for the first 30 minutes before, like, the story had really gotten me invested and involved. I was so annoyed by the constant singing because it is every line. It's like, hey, can you get me that tea? The kettle's in the kitchen. Like, that is sung. And I eventually, I guess you get used to it. If you're 100% in for that, then it's not a concern at all. But I know for the first, I watched it and I was like, oh my God, there's been so much singing. How much left? How much is there left? And I checked and I was only 30 minutes in. Like at that point, I was so tired. But eventually it did like grab me and I ended up enjoying the movie, you know? But if you're not in for that, it's a bit daunting. Interesting. Um, Profile title: Annie Aguiar has no soul because the first, the it's first annoying, part of Chris. the Umbrellas of Cherbourg is like maybe my favorite part of it, just because the, like I was never, I never found the like constant singing to be off-putting, which I guess is partially just because it's like if I'm gonna watch this movie and have to read all the subtitles anywhere, anyways, then I don't care if they're sung subtitles or spoken like normal people subtitles, and I really, really enjoy. The, the way that it pulls you into the lives of these characters and their relationship. The musical number at the beginning with Guy working at the auto shop where he works is one of my favorite parts of that entire movie. What musical number? It's not a song. 
whatever. It's, it's a musical. Just the scene. The movie is a musical number. It, it, it's not though. It's not like a consistent song with like a set beginning and end and like lyrics. Like I, I think that's part of the thing that made the um, Les Mis movie palatable for me is because they did have that like singing, you know, for every single line of dialogue. But then they also had songs. And, like, you could listen to a soundtrack of it. I don't know. I'm definitely more on the side of... I didn't know this was like this. Like, you just told me it was a musical. So I was waiting for a song. And then I was like, oh, no. It is one big song. I I get it. I get what he's doing. I get that the constant singing and the really artful, like, shot composition and everything... It's all of these elements of the, like, fantastic used to heighten a story that is very grounded in reality. Like, I get it, and I appreciate it. Um, it was not for me until it's set in. And I ultimately think, like, hey, this is a good movie. You should watch it. It's on Amazon Prime to rent. I think I rented it for, like, four bucks. And it's fun, you know? But it's it was definitely a bit of a hard egg to crack because of... Oh, my God. I I did appreciate at the very beginning. So Guy works in this, like, garage gas station combination, both with a bunch of other dudes. And they're talking. He's going to the theater. And one of them's like, oh, I love the opera. And another guy's like, it's a bit too much singing for me. And I'm like, ha, me too, Jacques Demi. But I, I liked it. You know, it was like, it's a fun movie. It is fun. Yeah, I think I generally, like, since I'm not, like, a huge musical person, like, I don't have that expectation of, like, I want, like, the lavish, like, choreographed, really showy, flashy musical numbers. Like, I'll enjoy that if that's what you want to give me, but I really like the way that this entire movie is just sort of that constantly, but, like, a little bit calmer. It's not like, oh, boy, we're we're dancing on tabletops and uh, they're doing backflips there and they're, like, belting out about umbrellas or something. Like, it's... Yeah, I was I was fully expecting a choreographed dance sequence with umbrellas because you told me musical and had umbrellas in the title. And I was like, oh, boy, umbrellas. Nope. nope. Um, <laughs> so it made me think about how time was there. So this, this movie is, is divided up into a couple of acts. Was there like one specific act where it set in for you that you were like, OK, I, do, I can deal with this now? It was just halfway through the not part of the way through the first one. Like, oh, OK. Yeah. It like. It's not that second act began and I was like, okay, I'm in. It's just, it required some acclimation of this is not the movie you thought it was going to be. And, oh, they really are going to be singing this whole time. And I was reading about it. And you know who had an identical reaction? Who? Damien Chazelle. And you know what? (laughs) Damien Chazelle, I don't like you. You photocopied Umbrellas of Cherbourg and made it racist and said, cinema. That is a hot take. Um, so Umbrellas of Cherbourg is cited by Damien Chazelle as like a big, big inspiration for La La Land, which is a movie that plenty of people who are not Christopher liked um, <laughs> because Chris has some spicy takes. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. So I like it. Yeah, yeah. I just can't deal with it because like the whole like snobby white man wants to save jazz by keeping it tied to the way that it was instead of accepting that like that entire art form is beautiful because it continues to grow and evolve. Um, And I also think that La La Land hits at the same themes in 
that that Umbrellas of Cherbourg ultimately reaches, but it feels so much less organic to me because it's this like heightened drama about like trying to follow your dreams, whereas like the message of Cherbourg is so much simpler and it's this look at like just an ordinary relationship and that like sometimes soulmates don't work out and like maybe you're happy with the person you end up with, but maybe there's always this question of like what could have been. I haven't seen La La Land, like I said, so I'm not really in a position to argue with you. Uh, I liked Whiplash. Uh, <laughs> Whiplash is good. First Man is good. Yeah. La La Land is good. Well, I'm, I just brought up the Damien Chazelle thing because, like, I'm like my reaction is not uh, like a rare one I would expect, and I felt definitely bolstered by having the same reaction as someone who loved this movie so dang much that they made a movie partially inspired by it. But anyway, Umbrellas of Cherbourg is good. And, uh, well, it's good and you should watch it. But just be aware that if you're not in for constant singing, like, it, it, it might not be your thing. I still find it to be such a joy. And it just... It's so wonderful in such a low-key way. Like, it's not this, like, forceful, like, oh, we're going for art and heady ideas. And, like, it's it's just, Demi was never after being a great. He never wanted to be a Kubrick or a Tarkovsky or a Christopher Nolan, which is good because Christopher Nolan, whatever. Um, but he just put, like, all of his movies, even just from what I've seen of his other ones, just you can feel his love for the medium and for what he was doing like in every scene and every costume and every color in the background and every note of the music and i i just i mean he is long since dead recently joined in his candy colored musical afterlife by his wife agnes varda and i really just want to go give both of them a big hug because i love them so much and i love how just like quietly joyful their movies are yeah it was nice i liked it uh you know what else i like chicago chicago we're talking about the city and he actually hates the musical chicago i mean i like the city she's chicago. about to <laughs> trash talk it <laughs> no um chicago is such a good i think ugh, i don't even i don't even know where to start in my love for Chicago, I do not remember the first time that I saw it, but it's just, okay, so for those of you who don't know, but I really don't know how you don't know since it's Chicago, um, Chicago is, it was just originally like a Broadway musical for years and years and years and years, like one of, like a legendary musical, and then, was it like 2001, 2002? I believe it won Best Picture in 2002, okay. so I think it was 2001, but... So, yeah, in 2001, a movie adaptation of the film came out with a stellar cast, like Renee Zellweger, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Richard Gere. It's just amazing, and it tells the story set in 1920s Chicago, obviously, of Roxy Hart, who is the wife of a mechanic who is cheating on the mechanic and shoots her boyfriend when they get into an argument and then uses her arrest and jail time as a way to start her career as a star. And 
I I love, love watching it. women get away with crimes. Me too. Let's have a our, our next week's double feature will be Ocean's Eight and Chicago again. Oh, I will watch Chicago again. I will watch Chicago every day. It is just so. Um, the touring production came to IU this year, and I unfortunately didn't see it, and I was heartbroken. But it's just so good, you know. Yeah, I feel like for for such an iconic Broadway play, like there was so much riding on this movie adaptation because it's really like if you go, you know, if there was like a, a lesser version with like no name actors and like a smaller budget and a less well known director, then like maybe if they screwed it up, it would have been fine. But with like this clout behind it, it's like if you don't nail this, then like there's gonna be a Chicago movie that every no one's gonna yeah, remake and yeah. it's just gonna suck. But it's really really good. There are plenty of bu- I'm I I like musicals a lot. Um, there are plenty of like bungled like movie musical adaptations. Cough cough. Sweeney Todd. Cough cough. But this is. Part of the reason why it is so stellar is that it is based on such amazing source material. But I do really feel like the film experience you get from this is so special in such a way. And I love this is what a good musical movie adaptation should do, because not everyone is going to be able to see Chicago on the stage like that is just an impossibility. But movies are a way to get these stories and these songs and this content out to more and more people. And it's not obviously not just a recorded version of people on a play. It does things in this filmic space that really do transform it into something really, truly, honestly special. Yes. But I, I love how in touch it feels with its roots of being a Broadway musical, like even down to like the sets, you know, like, there's never there there are only a handful of times when it even feels like you're in like actual Chicago. I literally almost just said New York shit New York <laughs> New York City. Um <coughs> flashback to watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre with friends and one of them goes, "Where is this set?" <laughs> um so parallel energies there, but it really feels like the movie sets are sort of like somebody shot it on a stage but they're taking advantage of what you can do with the camera and what you can do as far as lighting and special effects and it's just a really beautiful movie to look at there's this one i think the most for me um i think cell block tango is a bit overrated but that's also because that was just the first thing that i ever saw of chicago that was what my first experience was of chicago it was cell block tango like alternate versions you know with like different characters because that was a dumb thing people who do in the past like sell black tango but it's disney princesses you know which is dumb but i think my favorite song and visual segment is we both reached for the gun oh my gosh it's the actual and it cuts back and forth between the reality and this heightened fake stage version and the reality is it's Roxy and her lawyer who is the best character in the film played by Richard Gere um giving a press conference and it is oh it is stellar like yeah and it in the way that the movie juxtaposes these like like the real thing that's happening with like these heightened arty performances works so well because so much of like the character arc is like hinged on this idea of like performance and trying to be like showy and 
like larger than life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just sort of this like needless adornment of like, look at us, we got musical numbers. It really works. But it, it the whole point is like these musical numbers and everything, this heightened glam and glitz and she's in these dresses and singing that like the name on everybody's lips is gonna be Roxy. She killed someone. She murdered a person. And it really is, it feels gorgeous and sleazy all at the same time exactly how it's supposed to feel because this um the original story is like based on a true story like it's just so (sighs) that wasn't an uh it was a sigh it was a sigh she's got a new noise now (laughs) ladies and gentlemen i'm just trying to think of how to like center my thoughts on this it's just so well done and so exactly what it wants to be and I've, I've never seen it on a stage, and I really want to. Yeah. yeah, as I mentioned before, like, I tend to be a little bit more skeptical of musicals. Like, if you're going to tell a story as a musical, like, you need to give me a reason why the characters are singing anything, whether it's, like, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, where you're just trying to go for this, like, heightened, more expressive and, like, joyful version of reality or like this where you're sort of commenting and exploring this idea of like performance through like these heightened musical numbers and I really enjoyed that and I will admit like I went into this movie a bit skeptical of it both be just because like I had read some pretty critical takes on it which I don't agree with they were basically arguing that like it takes a like boringly shot story and like tries to spice it up by like cutting to musical numbers but it's like you just you literally just got the point and said, but it's bad. She and, murdered someone as an in jail. It has to go to court. Like, yeah, it's not gonna be Ugh, that's so dumb. Just like someone reading Moby Dick and was just like, I don't really care about this whale. Yeah, it's like that's that's the point. Um But this movie really, really, really won me over. And I I ended up like genuinely really enjoying it by the end. I Oh, this is so special to me. I just listen to the songs sometimes. Like, my roommate and I last year had a lot of just, like, Chicago moments. It's very... It's just amazing. And John C. Riley is so good. We didn't even talk about Mr. John C. Riley. Mr. Cellophane. Oh. That, I think, is my favorite musical number from the film, is yeah. his. Because he's sort of this, like kind of derpy, unsuspecting character. So the yeah. idea of, like, giving him a musical number, and he just, like... The performances in this movie, and especially his, are great because it takes a lot to give. I mean, we always end up talking about how performances are more than just realism. Sad jazz hands. It takes so much talent to be able to translate, like, the emotional core of your character into, like, movements and performance. But everyone in this movie absolutely knocks it out of the park. They're just, like, Roxy is, like, a cartoon character. Oh, yeah. I love her. But John C. Riley is, like legitimately one of my favorite actors i just love that man so much and i was telling chris sometimes i'll just go to youtube and just be like i'm just gonna watch mr cellophane because it's just such a good little oh i'm sorry man you know i also absolutely love the final performance in this movie with them using the like fake 
like assault rifles or whatever. That's so much fun. It's so it's so twisted. It's like yeah. they murdered people, you know? Like but these are criminals who used their their criminality and, and musical talent. Yeah, to like make a name for themselves and then they're like performing a musical number that's like we're murderers. <laughs> You know what? I'd I'd pay money to see it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I guess that's the point. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Double Feature. I've been Annie Aguiar. I am Chris Forrester, and we will not have an episode next week. But when we do return, we're going to talk more about crimes with a double feature of heist movies.